Welcome to Testify It, where we are sharing the love of Christ and building people up through testimonies and teaching. Our passion is to share how God is working in people's lives today. My name is Rhonda Wagner, and I am a founder and board member of Testify It. In this series of testimonies, we are working in partnership with Locking Arms Men, a Pittsburgh-based ministry that's mission is to build an authentic community of men who love God, love one another, and love their neighbor. This is our second testimony from Tunch Ilkin. In his first testimony, he shared how he became a Christian. In this testimony, he shares how he went through trials as a Christian, including one of the toughest trials of his life, and how God was with him as he went through it. Hi, I'm Leo Wisniewski. I am the director of Locking Arms Men, a Pittsburgh-based men's ministry. And uh, I am with Tunch Ilkin, my good brother today. Tunch, you uh, walked through um, a a real gauntlet Mm -hmm. with Sharon, uh, your bride, for many years. Mm -hmm. um, About seven years. Eight 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 years, years, years. Battling breast cancer. And um, we uh, walk through that uh, with you yes. in, in prayer and yes. uh, in friendship. But it was a very painful right. uh, season of your life. And I know you love and miss Sharon deeply still. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wonder if, if you could talk about that because there are so many couples right, right now and that's that's where uh, they're battling, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it is it's a, uh, it's grueling, mm-hmm. and um, and I just I, I was uh, very inspired by the love that you and Sharon had for one another, um, which only deepened mm-hmm. um, in. Um, in those eight years. And, and so if you could please talk about that experience, you know, wizard, uh, and, um, let me start with the back end of that. When you said you guys walk through with us, you know, that was probably the biggest blessing was, um, the body of Christ and, uh, the way we were surrounded by our friends, uh, uh, and just the way we were cared for, um, with people just coming over to pray. And whenever there was a test and there were numerous tests or chemo, and there were numerous chemo and radiation and surgeries. And, uh, to have the body of Christ come alongside us and pray for us and minister to us. And, you know, there was two years there where I don't think we cooked a meal at our house, you know, uh, and I remember feeling, I remember Sharon feeling guilty about it and, and, and telling Cheryl Clusey, Cheryl, we've, we're good. Don't, don't keep her. And, and she said, no, you don't understand. People want to do this and they're lining up to do this. So it was, um, the body of Christ was, uh, uh, was just so instrumental in, uh, encouraging us and lifting us up when she went and when she would go to surgery, you know, people, friends of ours were praying almost around the clock. So having that blessing of friendship of brother and sisterhood was, um, something that, uh, I, I can't even, um, 
I can't even explain it. Does, words do not do it just do it justice. But it was uh, eight years of uh, quite a roller coaster ride, as you remember, Leo. Uh, I think the hardest thing was um, the up and the down. You know, one minute uh, she's in remission, the next minute the cancer's back, the next minute she's in remission, and the next minute the cancer is back. And we tried everything. Uh, we did a lot of alternative medicine. Uh, and, and it's 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 weird, but it, I kind of. Um, those eight years, I felt like I was in a tug of war for Sharon with God. Uh, you know, I, I was, you know, I, I, it was almost like this: no, 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 don't, don't take her, don't take her, don't take her, and uh, and, and and just the praying, and you know, the seeking of God, and you know, arguing with God, and not in a, you know, I, I was never angry at God in a, like. Uh, in in uh, in a kind of wave my fist at him. It was more like it was more whining. Gee, Lord, you know, do we? Ha- you know, does it have to be this way? Uh, and um, and so through those times, you know, uh, of prayer, and then I, you know, you know, the the last year was the hardest because uh, it was just you know we were in the hospital continuously and. The people at AGH were so gracious that they always gave us a single room so I could stay on the other bed and um, and just walking through that and and you know we went down to Mexico and and I think that's when God really started speaking to me um, and, and I don't mean his audio in, in an audible way but through the scriptures I I remember um, we're down in Tijuana and. We're going through these um, alternative treatments that they do down in Tijuana, and a lot of people had uh, gotten a lot of success there. And so we went, and the when we went down there, she got really, really sick, and she started having a bunch of um, uh, tumors on her brain that were bleeding, and so she was in a coma. And I remember I was walking and praying and yelling, did you have to? did you have to bring us to Tijuana? Cause I thought he was going to take her right there. I said, did you have to bring us here? Couldn't, if you're going to take her, couldn't you take her at home? And I'm, and I'm kind of having this, um, this dialogue with God and I'm yelling, you know, people, I'm walking through the streets of Tijuana. People think I'm nuts. You know, I'm, I get lost. I couldn't find my way back to the hospital. I'm yelling at this cab driver because he won't tell me how to get back to the hospital. It was, you know, I was, you know, kind of losing it. Well, Ron sends me a text from uh, Exodus fourteen thirteen. He said, the Lord will fight for you. You need to just be still. And I am anything but still. And, and, and then, you know, the verse before that, the Israelites are all saying, weren't there enough graves in Egypt? You had to bring us out to the wilderness. It was right before, uh, you know, the Pharaoh caught up with them uh, at the Red Sea. And, and I remember thinking to myself, oh, man, I'm an Israelite. <laughs> I'm Israel because that's the I, I was I was, and 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 it was continuing, and then I was and 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 I was I was going. Why does she have to suffer? Why does she have to suffer? Why does she have to suffer? And you know, I know I told you this story was I'm I'm walking up the steps. I finally find back to the hospital. I'm walking up the steps, and there's a picture of Jesus sweating blood in the garden, and I'm like, on, okay, Lord, I got you. I'm 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 hearing you. You suffered. Uh, you suffered too. And uh, she came out of that and we were able to get her home back to Pittsburgh. 
and uh, uh, we were um, in and out, you know, surgery, chemo, radiation, surgery, chemo, you know, it was, you know, now the surgeries were over at that point, but it was chemo, radiation, uh, and um, uh, we were in the hospital for a stretch of time, and I remember I'd get up really early as the sun was rising, and I would read the word, and I remember this one morning I was, um, I was uh, uh, reading the word, and Sharon was so tough. I mean, she was my beautiful warrior. She would she would be in so much pain, and she'd say, "Oh Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Jesus," and then she would say, "Oh, how how you must have suffered for me." And uh, she loved the verse in Psalm twenty seven. I I would have been dismayed had I not seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, and um, and that was kind of her verse. And, you know, she was just so good about praising God. And, and, you know, she would say something like, she would say this all the time, God is going to be glorified in this. Whether he takes me, he will be glorified. Or if he heals me, he will be glorified. And, you know, that, that mindset was just, I mean, I was just awed by it. I used to, I used to tell her all the time, thank you for fighting. Thank you for battling. People would say, boy, the doctors were impressed with her because with just the way she battled. And she'd, they'd say, man, you are battling hard. She goes, well, I have a lot to fight for. And um, I, one of the things was she would always ask me, she said, am, am I dying, honey? And I would always reply, not today, not today. And, um, and she would say, you're the only one that doesn't look at me like I'm dying. And I said, because I'm holding on. I'm going to hold on until you tell me not to or until the Lord tells me not to. And, um, and so that was the process. That was the process. And, you know, there was this, there was this kind of this, uh, battle of hope and then the reality of the circumstances. I mean, her whole body had cancer in her spine, her brain, her lungs. And, you know, there's part of you that is holding on and saying, well, the Lord can heal her. And there's part of you that's going, you know, the, the reality. And, and this one morning as I, I was, I was getting up and I was reading the word. And I, I remember telling the Lord, I go, Lord, I'm done. I need something. I need something more. I need something. And not, did I finish those words out of my mouth that I heard the, the nurse that was in there with Sharon was just some, singing a beautiful hymn and just singing and saying the Lord, oh, oh, honey, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you so much. And I'm hearing her sing to Sharon and she was cleaning up. She came out and it's just like all of a sudden I just felt like this, this comfort of God's presence. And the nurse came out and I said, I said, ma'am, I got to tell you, you are an answer to prayer. I said, I was just praying. I told her what happened. And she said, oh, honey, I am just so thankful that I could be uh, an answer to your prayer this morning. And, uh, you know, as she left, it just, I forget what her name was, but it said, Jesus loves you on the, you know, where they, they would put little notes on the, uh, on the, the whiteboard. And so, um, you know, so there was this roller coaster ride that last year and there were moments of great joy because I thought uh, that she was going to be healed 
there was a point where she had um, a scan and it said no cancer. And we were just singing and praising God. It was probably the happiest moment of my life. And then at the end of that summer, you know, it was funny because I used to always say this. Whenever I was trying to talk Sharon to do something that she thought was too uh, expensive or extravagant, I would say, who would, who knows when we'll have this opportunity again? So it was that summer. We got a good report in May after this year of just, it was just so hard. And, uh, and I said, um, I said, let's go to the beach. And she goes, oh, at, at the last minute, it's going to be too expensive. I said, and I say what I always say, who knows when we'll have this chance again? Well, it turned out to be our last family vacation. And uh, we were in, uh, um, uh, in Rehoboth Beach. And on the last day, she said, my cancer's back. And, um, uh, and then... That was when we went down to Mexico. After we went down to Mexico after that, but uh, uh, and then after then it was um, really hard. We were in the hospital, in and out, in and out, until um, and we would pray, and people would come over and pray, and the um, the elders would come over and pray and anoint her with oil and. You know, it was always the next treatment, the next radiation treatment, and you know, we're just praying and, and hoping, and and then, um, and then, uh, her radiation oncologist, she she had this lung issue, and the oncologist came in and said, um, I know she's rallied several times this past year, and she's not going to rally. There's too much cancer in her lungs; she can't breathe on her own. And I remember just, you know, the kids were crying. Uh, it was really hard. I mean, the kids were crying and we were all together. And then, you know, the hospice nurse came and everybody started coming in to say their goodbyes, you know, our, our friends and, you know, to pray. And, and, uh, and, you know, we had her over the weekend and then Tuesday morning, February 6th, they took her off the, uh, CPAP machine. And, um, you know, we were standing around praying. I thought it was going to happen right away. And it didn't. And um, I remember saying, I remember asking the Lord, this is hard watching her suffer and watching her pass. And once again, it was like the Lord said to me, yeah, I know. I watched it too. And, uh, and it, you know, I'm sure that yeah, I'm not completely comparing myself the, the heartbreak that I felt that the God the Father must have felt watching Jesus but um, you know I there was an identification with the suffering of, of God through that that um, that I felt and uh, and but the, but you know the Lord has got a sense there were there was even a light moment at the end I, I, you know so we got done praying and I and I started singing amazing grace and it sounded so bad. And I go, I remember stopping and going, this is really, this was where someone in our family should have some musical ability. <laughs> so everybody starts laughing. And then Clay goes and gets uh, Sharon's iPod. iPod? Yeah, iPod. And he, he, she had all this praise music. So we were listening to praise music. And it's like every song had a message for us. And we'd read the scriptures. And then, and then uh, that afternoon she went to be with the Lord. And uh, it was uh, it 
was tough. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was very, very hard. Uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a battle. She fought the good fight though. I mean, she could just like Paul say, I fought the good fight. I have kept the faith and I finished the race and now she's got the clown of glory. Uh, and she's with the one she loved dearly. Yeah. After that, uh, after Sharon's passing in your time, um, with, with your children touch, um, we got to, uh, go in and pray. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you called Danny, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, in to pray my son with us, yeah, um, uh, over Sharon and um, for the family, and uh, Danny and Natalie just got engaged, right? And uh, talk talk about that. That that was a that was a powerful moment. And you you were passing to Danny something pretty precious about. Uh, your love for Sharon, and uh, you know that's a legacy. You know that love that you had for her. That's a, that that was a great legacy. That I mean, got passed even in that moment. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. You know, I remember the one of the things that I said to him was, um, "Danny, and you and Colby and Wolf were there." And I said, these three guys are the guys that I would want me, with me right now. There is no one else in the world that I would want here. And I said, and it is so important for you to have men in your life that can encourage you. And I, I said, you know, um, I used to always tell this to Sharon. I shared this with Danny. I'd say, it's me and you against the world, honey. It's you, me, and the Lord. But the two of us, it is, it is us two. You know, God is, is foundational and at the center of our marriage, but it's, it's you and me. And I said, and I said, that's the kind of marriage I want you to have uh, with Natalie. And, um, and you know what? I think that, uh, I, I, you know, my children know how much I love their mom. I mean, they, they saw it. You know, we, we were very, very, very close. And there, a lot of, you know, there was a lot of, you know, blessings. I mean, my oldest boy, Tanner, went through a rebellious stage from 16 to like 21. He was just, you know, he was the prodigal. And through the illness, he came back uh, and he grew closest. And the, the day that Sharon passed, uh, we were in the car and we were driving back to the house together. And I said, I don't know if I can sleep in that bed by myself. And Tanner said, Dad, I'll sleep with you. My 27-year-old, 26-year-old son, he said, I'll sleep with you. And for a week, he didn't go home. He slept with me until he said, can I go home now? And I said, yeah. Uh, you know, and I knew that the, the Lord used, used it in his life. There was a point, uh, I don't know, maybe with a month left that Sharon was with us where she and Tanner were looking at photo albums and they were of his high school days and Tanner got really choked up and, and she said, what's wrong, honey? And he goes, um, I know the way I was living my life then. And he said, 
I am so sorry. And she said, honey, I forgave you a long time ago. And it was a very, very precious moment between the two of them. And, um, you know what? God used that. And, you know, uh, it was... Um, and Tanner's been walking oh, with yeah, the Lord yeah. ever since. Yeah, he's been... And putting the Lord in the center of his yeah, marriage with yeah, Jess. Yeah. yeah, Leo married Jess and Tanner. It was really neat. And now they got a little boy and, you know, it, uh, yeah, it was, uh, um, so the Lord used it. I mean, you know, he, he does use it all. Uh, uh, he does. I will be honest with you. There was a point where it was very hard for me to pray your will be done because I was, because I knew what his will might be. And, um, and I was scared to death that that's what was going to happen. Taj, talk a little bit about Sharon's funeral because it, it, it was such a, um, I mean, it, it was it was sad, but it was such a celebration yeah. of the resurrection hope yeah. that that uh, Sharon had in Christ and and talk about all those those uh, young people who had grown up right. and been impacted by Sharon in your youth ministry work together. I just, I just think that was so beautiful. So uh, Sharon and I did youth ministry together for six years. And um, I think the first three years or four years we were at our house. Oh yeah. First four years and the last two years we were at the church. Um, but uh, Sharon would always be upstairs and, you know, the, the, the girls would come and the, the boys would come and we had a little weight room down in our, in our basement, the guys would lift weights with me and the girls would sit around, but I, I'll never forget, um, uh, Susie Guerin, uh, sent a meal over and in, in it, she wrote this note. She said, as I'm cooking this meal for you, she said, all I can do is cry. It's because you had such a profound impact on my life. And I just remember I'm in my kitchen and I'm cooking this meal for you. And I remember sitting at the counter in your kitchen and just talking to you while you were cooking and, uh, and, and how that impacted my life. And I shared that story at the memorial service. And of course, Susie was there and I asked her permission. Um, but, uh, Sharon had this unique gift to when you were talking to her, you thought you were the only person in the world. She was the best listener I've ever seen have ever seen and she would just pull you in and so you know when we were you know it's kind of funny Mike McCormick who is a pastor now we had him in, in youth ministry and uh, one of the things that we didn't realize uh, that impacted the kids so much was our marriage we didn't realize the impact that it had on our children's friends uh, the kids in our youth ministry because their parents would say, oh, it was your marriage. And I remember telling that to Mike. And Mike goes, and you thought it was all those lessons on peer pressure and drinking <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, and, um, and uh, you know, she had, uh, she, had a, she had just, she was just, you know, loved Jesus. She loved others. And she was a servant. And she was just, uh, you know, I always say she was like, she was like sunshine. You know, when she came into the room, it got warmer and it got brighter. And uh, 
And we had, a, it's funny, so many of the, you know, we've been at the same church since 1987. So many of those kids have grown up and have kids of their own now and to see them at church and to know that some of those romances were budding in our basement. <laughs> and, uh, but it was, um, but the memorial service was, you know, the kids each shared, Natalie Tanner and Clay shared, her sister shared, her brother, and of course I shared. And, uh, uh, and she would have won. And we focused on the gospel that Jesus died, uh, to pay the price for our sin and loves us. And, and, uh, when we leave this earth, we will be in his presence. And, uh, as much as she loved me and she loved her children, as Ron said that day at the memorial service, as he was officiating the funeral, he said, Sharon wouldn't come back even if she could because she's in the presence of Jesus. Yeah, that's such a powerful thought. That's, that is a powerful thought. I'd love her back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember thinking that. Um, uh, but yeah, it was, um, and she, you know, she had a profound impact. She was, um, she casts a large shadow. Tunch, if you could pass on uh, a couple of things to uh, any couples out there who um, they're they're in this trial mm-hmm. of of uh, battling cancer with um, uh, either the husband or the wife. Yeah. You know what what would you pass on to them, brother? You know, hold on to each other. Hold on to each other. Don't let each other go. Um, to be completely there. When you're there, uh, you know, when uh, every if you can go to every treatment, every chemo, every radiation, every surgery, every doctor's appointment, um, uh, you know, I would say, you know, do it. Uh, You know, I'm I'm trying to think there might have been a couple that I missed, but I don't think I missed many. And um, and uh, be there, you know, uh, and know what. What, no matter what they say they're going through, whether it's your husband or your wife, no matter what she or he says they're going to, know that in the middle of the night when they wake up, there's a lot of fear. And uh, and that's when we need to, to hold on to them and pray with them and just, you know, love them. Just love them through that. Um, I think that's, you know, that that that's the, uh, the key. And to just keep praying together. And reading the scriptures together. Tunch, I remember you talking about a point in uh, this struggle that uh, you stopped saying, why me? Right. And you said, why not me? Right. Talk about that, buddy. Well, you know, one of the things is it, it just dawned on me one day. You know, when I would say, why me? And then it was almost, once again, it wasn't the Lord's audible voice, but it was like God spoke to my heart. Well, why not you, Tunch? That guy didn't dodge the bullet. That family didn't dodge this bullet. Why not you? And I think you're pretty equipped to handle this because of my presence in your life. You know, and it was this kind of this realization that that God did equip me for that. I mean, doesn't make it easy. It doesn't make you happy about it. But, um, you know, this didn't happen to me as a young believer or as an unbeliever. 
it happened to me uh, after 30 years of walking with Jesus. So, um, so I, I thought to myself, look, you know, you know, I don't know how, how anyone gets, uh, prepared for it, but, um, I've given, you know, it's like the Lord said, I've given you 30 years of faithfulness. And, um, and so that realization kind of hit me, you know, why not me? You know, why not me? That that's really a profound moment, and it it really is a statement. I, I think that before the Lord, you're saying, "Lord, I'm willing to accept your purposes right. for this suffering uh, in yeah. Sharon's life." Yeah, and um, that's that's a place of of uh, a deep faith and trust. Right. You know, Bobby Gilbert. Uh, our good buddy said something to me at that same time. He said, Tunch, he said, if, if, if God came to you, cause Sharon and I were together 35 years, if God came to you 35 years ago and said, I'm going to give you this beautiful wife and she is going to be wonderful and you will have a beautiful life together and you have three great children. Um, but I'm going to take her away after 35 years. She's only on learn loan. Would you take it? I said, of course I would take it. He said, well, that's what the Lord did. He gave you this wonderful wife for 35 years. And uh, and as much as you felt she was yours, she was really the Lord's. And uh, uh, and I remember thinking to myself. That's a good word yeah, from Gilly. A, yeah, for Gilly, yeah. <laughs> it's a good word from Gilly. Um, so that was, you know, that's why. And so the kind of the preparation, I don't mean like I'm prepared. I didn't mean it like that. I just meant like, you know, it was just this. Hey, you're, you're equipped. You're, you know, you've been walking with me. You, you've seen my goodness. You've seen my faithfulness. You've seen my love, and you've seen my mercy, and you have been extended my grace. So, uh, right, you do. Um, doesn't make it easier. It doesn't make it the pain go away. It doesn't. You know, it just helps you understand that God has a purpose through this, and it may not be what I would purpose for my life, but it's what God has purposed for my life. And so, um, so, uh, you know, Oswald Chambers once said, God doesn't waste your time. Don't waste your pain. And I thought to myself, Ooh, that was a good word. Don't waste your pain. And so all those verses, you know, that talk about pain, do not be surprised at this fiery trials that are coming your way as if something strange is happening, but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ and you will be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. You know, that's uh, you know, don't be surprised, you know, but yeah. rejoice. And yeah. so we, you know, Christ suffered so he can identify with us and we suffer so we can identify with him. And so, uh, that's another kind of a profound truth that you, that you experience when you go through, uh, through, through this kind of suffering. And it was funny. Every time I had a question like, why do I, you know, why me? The Lord had an answer. You know, it wasn't like I had to ponder it. You know, he showed me either in a, in a picture or in a thought, uh, or in my circumstances that, um, that he was sovereign and he identified with me and he loves me and he loved as much as I love sharing. He loves her more. 
one one other thing that that I remember um, not only hearing you speak, but seeing it uh, in being with you and Sharon is that God's presence was always there. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Always there. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, um, I think the, uh, when you are broken like that, you cry out to God in an intense manner. And the more you cry out, the more you hold on to his word, the more you wake up in the middle of the night and pray and, and open the scriptures. And, and uh, you know, God's presence is there. And, you know, and so, you know, there were so many things, you know, one of our last date dates, I took her out. We went to this um, antique shop. She loved antiques. And uh, we we went out to this antique shop and we got something to eat and I, and it was the sun was setting and I was pushing around in her wheelchair and I had a blanket around her because it was a ch- kind of a chilly fall day was it fall I think it might have been or maybe it was uh, yeah it was it was a chilly fall day she was still up good enough to get up and around and I remember we, it was just you know the sun was setting and it was behind the trees and the clouds were. You know, there was just this purple red color and, you know, it was just a reminder that God, God's presence is there, you know, and that we were just rejoicing in that time together. Just that kind of that date, you know, we were out walking and it was, you know, she was all bundled up and I was pushing her and it was really, it was just really cool. And uh, to feel God's presence, to feel his presence in the word, to feel his presence in that woman that was her nurse to feel his presence when I was lost in Tijuana and all those times to, to feel God's presence and through our friendships and through people coming. And then not just that, at this, you know, the memorial service and the viewing and, and at our house and uh, at the hospital it was just God was present. Praise God. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. I hope you were truly blessed. If you want more information about Testify It, please visit us at testifyit.com. That is T-E-S-T-I-F-Y-I-T dot com. Also, if you'd like more information about Locking Arms Men, please visit them at lockingarmsmen.org. That is L-O-C-K-I-N-G. A-R-M-S-M-E-N dot org. Do you have a testimony to share? We would love to hear from you. Just go to testify.com, fill out the testimony form. You can find it at the bottom of any page on the site. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and truly want one, call out to him today. Decide to give over your life, surrendering it to him, and choose to follow him. He has already paid the price for your sins with his death on the cross. He was raised on the third day and will give you his everlasting life with him. You will be born again and he will place his Holy Spirit within you. Until next time, remember, you are loved by God and he deeply desires a relationship with you.